Uh, Tonight's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 7, verses 36 to 50. So I'll give you a minute to find that in your Bibles. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him, and what kind of a woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the, the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Thank you, Alex. Let's pray as we begin tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is good. And we pray this evening as we look at this passage in Luke's gospel, continuing our story in Luke, you may show us more about the Lord Jesus and more about ourselves. To your great and glorious name we pray. Amen. Uh, There was two people who owed some money to a friend. Uh, One of them owed £60,000 and the other £6,000. But there was no way that that either of them could pay it back. I mean, mean, they only earned £120 a day. Uh, And so if they gave all of that money to their friend, it it would take one 500 days to pay off and the other 50. Uh, Of solid work. 100% of the money going to their friends. But they couldn't do that anyway, obviously, because they had to fork out for rent, electricity, water, food, phone bill, all the humdrum expenses of life. And by the time they had gone, they had nothing. Truth be told, they had less than nothing. 
There was no way they could pay it back. So their friend, rich in mercy and love, wrote off their debt. He said, it's gone. You're debt free. It sounds easy, but it was quite costly. Costly to the tune of £66,000. But he did it anyway because it was his great love that forgave the sins, forgave the debt, sorry. Of those two people, who will show more love to their friend, the one with a larger or smaller debt? Now, that little story is a story. It's a little modern retelling of Jesus' story in verses 41 and 42. But I put it right at the top because it really gets to the heart of what this passage is all about. And it's simply this. We have been forgiven much, so we love much. We have been forgiven much, so we love much. And to help us see that, uh, we're going to look at this story in Luke 7, uh, 36 to 50. And we're going to look at those first, those two characters that take place in that story. Uh, but first, imagine the scene. Uh, Jesus has been invited to a dinner party by a Pharisee, who, who we later find out is called Simon. But just notice at this point that, that Jesus happily eats with anybody. It doesn't matter who they are. Uh, early on in Luke, in Luke chapter 5, 29 to 31, uh, we see Jesus having dinner with tax collectors and sinners. Uh, the low life of society, and now he's here with the Pharisees. Uh, Jesus is comfortable in anybody's company. It, it doesn't matter if uh, he would rather could quite happily sit and uh, have breakfast with a person having a pint and Weatherspoons who's got bad hygiene habits uh, just as much as having afternoon tea at the Ritz with the prim and proper. Jesus can sit with all. Uh, and here he's with the Pharisees. And just to help you imagine this, uh, imagine they're sat in the middle of an open courtyard uh, having dinner uh, so that anyone can freely come and listen. Uh, they're not sort of shut away in a private dining room like we may do today. And the position they'd be having be on a sofa, uh, lying down, left hand on the table, leaning toward the table with their, their disgusting feet away from the table. Uh, that's the position they would have all been adopting. And it's into this situation that we see the story. And then we meet our first character, verses 37 and 38 and 48 and 50. The sinful woman who loved a lot because she'd been forgiven a lot. The sinful woman who loved a lot because she had been forgiven a lot. Now, we don't know her name. We don't know what she'd done. Uh, many think she was a prostitute, but that's just speculation. Uh, some infer that from Simon's words later on in verse 39, but we must be careful not to go beyond the text and impose a label on this woman that may not be fair or true. But what is clear is that she is somebody who has sinned, who has done, as we say later in the confession, done evil in God's sight, and she knows it. But what follows is one of the most beautiful pictures in the whole gospel. 
now she, she knows who Jesus is, uh, maybe she's met him earlier. Uh, maybe she had some private, unrecorded conversation. Uh, maybe sim- she simply heard him preach. Well, we don't know. But she knows who Jesus is. And she knows that though her sins are red as scarlet, they've been washed clean by Jesus. She's been forgiven. Her debt is gone. Her burden lifted. Her shame removed. So without the slightest bit of care, she heads straight in to that dinner table. The turned heads and whispering voices would not detract her. She had a plan. She wanted to show love to her saviour. She wanted to anoint him with perfume, which was no doubt expensive perfume. Anoint his feet, just as a small token of her love. But as she approached Jesus, the, the emotion overcame her. And she begins to weep, not with a few tears that can be wiped away, but tears upon tears. And so they fall upon the feet of Jesus. And yet with more disregard to the views around her, she lets down her hair. And those around her thought, women don't do that. They'd be a loose woman if they were. But she doesn't care. She kneels down and wipes Jesus' feet with her hair and then kisses them. She kisses Jesus' feet and pours perfume upon them. We often hear the phrase, don't we, that so-and-so worships the ground that somebody walks on. But even to our ears, this, this makes us feel uncomfortable. The thought of somebody crying on someone's feet and and wiping them with hair and then kissing them and putting perfume on them you don't need to stoop that low that no one was asking the woman to do that but but that's asking the wrong question rather this woman wanted to do that as a small sign of her love no one asked her no one commanded her jesus certainly didn't ask her to but she wanted in some small way to express some small token of the love she had for her saviour. The sinful woman loved a lot because she had been forgiven a lot. And let's be clear on the order here. She encountered Jesus somewhere, somehow, we don't know, but she encountered Jesus. She heard and she believed and put her faith in him. And because of her faith, She was washed clean. She was saved. And because she was forgiven, because she was saved, she loved. She heard. She trusted. She was forgiven. She loved. We need to hear that message of the sinful woman today. Today, we need to hear and be reminded that there there is no sin, no crime, no act, no thought, no word, no situation, no circumstance, not one thing that is outside of the love of Christ. There's nothing that you have done that is too 
far gone for Jesus. Nothing. Forgiveness is offered to all. Because there is more grace, mercy, kindness, love in Jesus than there is sin in you. There's more grace, mercy, kindness and love in Jesus than there is sin in you. So this evening, please don't ever think that Jesus couldn't forgive me or I'm beyond the pale. There is no one beyond the love of Christ. If someone who has never come to Jesus and you were hearing this this evening, then Jesus is more than ready and willing to come. He will not cast you away if you come to him. His posture is not a pointed finger, but arms open wide. The sinful woman loved a lot because she'd been forgiven a lot. She cared not what others thought, but focused upon Jesus, upon him and what he had done. That's our our first character tonight. The sinful woman who loved a lot because she had been forgiven a lot. What about our second character? Verses 39 to 47. Simon. Simon, I'm fine on my own, thanks Jesus. It was customary whenever... You had guests that you would wash their feet to get the dirt off because they wore open, open sandals. Uh, you would greet them with a kiss and you just anoint them with sort of everyday oil. Uh, today, you, you might say you take their coat, you give them a handshake and offer them hand sanitizer. It's sort of common courtesies. All of which, verses 44 to 46, Simon did not do he didn't simply forget he chose not to do them he chose not to extend common courtesies to Jesus in full view of all around we don't know why and we don't know why he he invited Jesus in the first place maybe it was to, to test to see the hype to see is this Jesus fellow, really what he says, is he up to much? Is he up to scratch? But when the sinful woman arrives, we get a glimpse of what is really going on underneath. At verse 39, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. In other words, If Jesus were a prophet, which he clearly isn't, because if he were, he would never let this woman touch him. Simon, I'm fine on my own, thanks, Jesus, just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. He he just doesn't see who Jesus is at all. And, And crucially, he thinks he is fine on his own, that he has no need of Jesus. But do you see, even in this situation, Jesus acts with complete love. 
He could have said, look, Simon, what are you doing? But he didn't. He said, Simon, can I tell you a story? And then he proceeds to tell him the story that I told at the very beginning. It's a simple point, isn't it? If you have a bigger debt, you're going to love the person who forgave you more. But the implication would not have been lost on Simon. Uh, Yes, he may have acted with greater moral fibre on occasions than this woman. Uh, Yes, uh, he may have been a a better person. His debt may have been smaller, but he still had a debt which he could not afford to pay. Simon the Pharisee needed his debt forgiven. Yet he saw no need of Jesus. He was fine on my own, thank you very much. No perceived need. No forgiveness received. And so no love given. I'm fine on my own, thanks very much, Jesus. An attitude which is not simply found in the pages of the Bible, but on the streets of Hove. Two characters, two perceptions, two paths. I wonder which one best characterizes you. If I was being honest, then I think most of us would probably find ourselves somewhere in between. Our lives perhaps haven't been as characterized as, as, as such public sin as this woman. We're more upstanding than that. But also... Uh, we we recognise that we make mistakes, that we do need Jesus, and uh, we're not like Simon either. So herein lies the danger. Are we in 2021 hope, or indeed in the UK as a whole, are we in danger of a stale love for Jesus? Uh, Sitting comfortably in the middle, Brothers and sisters, we have been forgiven much. So let us love much. And just as we draw to a finish, I want to try and land this well for us. And so the first step is an uncomfortable one. What does our sin, our shame, our self-sufficient attitude, what's it like? What does it deserve? 1 John 1 verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Romans 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. Colossians 3 verses 5 and 6. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sex, morality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Isaiah 64, 6. Uh, All of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We are all shriveled up like a leaf, and like the wind our sins sweep us away. Uh, Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Revelation 20, 15. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Romans 3, 10 to 18. 
There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. The mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. There is no such thing as a small sin. If there was ever any doubt that sin was serious, we should look back there. Our sin caused the death of God's son. Uh, Martin Luther said that we all carry around of us the nails of Jesus in our pockets. Sin is filthy, is vile, is evil, is manipulative, is idolatrous, is proud, is self-seeking, is callous, is ignorant, is shameful, is ugly, is me. We are far more sinful than we know. But yet... But yet, we are far more loved than we could dream. As someone who knew their sin was the slave trainer, John Newton, who wrote that amazing hymn, Amazing Grace. But he also said this, I am a great sinner, but I have a great saviour. More than a great saviour, a saviour who stoops down beyond touching someone's feet and comes into the filth into the vile, into the evil, into the manipulative, into the idolatrous, into the proud, into the self-seeking, into the callous, into the ignorant, into the shameful, into ugly, into humanity, and says, I know what you have done. I see your sin. But my love is greater and my will to bring you home stronger. For Romans 5.8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We have been forgiven much, so let us love much. The sinful woman knew it, and so no act of love was too great. Brothers and sisters, we have been forgiven much, so let us love much. Love Christ, every, love Christ much every day. Remind yourself of his love every day. And one way we do that each week here in church is to say the confession. And we're going to do that after the sermon. Not to earn forgiveness, not because we're forgive, not forgiven if we don't say it. Because by saying those words, we remember our debt. But as we remember our debt, we remember the love of Christ. Maybe uh, this diagram will help you. It's really simple. If this is knowing our sin, going deeper, then this is knowing our saviour. The more we know our sin, 
the more we know the love of the Savior, the greater our appreciation will be for Christ. We have been forgiven much, so love much. And as we grasp that, we'll be quick to forgive because we've been forgiven. We'll be quick to love because we've been loved. We'll be quick to speak of Christ because he has paid our debt. We'll be quick to pray because we know we need help, not just one day, but every day. We do those things, not caring what others think, but because of our love for the one who paid our debt. The more we grasp how much we've been forgiven, the more love we have and the more we will respond rightly. So listen carefully, love carefully. It's no wonder the parable of the sower comes next. So as we close, are we going to be like the sinful woman, knowing our sin, knowing we've forgiven much and so loving much? Or Simon, who says, I'm going to count my own thanks, Jesus. If I have any debt, I'm sure I can pay it. No, you can't. We have been forgiven much. So let us love much.